I'm Andrew Levine, the CEO of Coinos Group, inventors of Coinos, the blockchain with no fees. And I'm Adam, founder of GFAM, a platform that completely decentralizes earnings for content creators. And this is our decentralized future, where we talk about issues and interview people on the cutting edge of technology to help prepare you for a more decentralized future. Uh, my name is Michael O'Rourke. Uh, I have been in the uh, crypto space back uh, since 2013, when it was uh, really Bitcoin, uh, not blockchain or crypto, to be honest. And uh, my background is in uh, iOS engineering. And uh, in late 2016, started writing some smart contracts on Ethereum. Uh, we used a infrastructure service uh, at the time uh, to help make it really easy to build applications because uh, most blockchain developers don't want to run you know, an Ethereum full node uh, uh, they want to focus on their applications. So there's a bunch of third-party services that uh, uh, help out with this. Uh, the most famous one, the most well-known one being Infura. And as 2017 rolled along, uh, we saw the importance of Infura and the reliance that Ethereum had on Infura, where you know upwards of 80 to 90% of all of Ethereum's traffic was going through one service provider. Uh, and really all they're doing is running these full nodes uh, to provide what we call the uh, uh, RPC, uh, which is just kind of things like getting the balances and 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 transactions and you know these sorts of things, and um, uh, uh, we really saw that importance and started thinking about uh, this problem of of you know how can this be um, uh, decentralized uh, uh, in a way that makes sense. Uh, one of our and one of our core thesis is that we think there's going to or we're living in a, we're going to live in a world with thousands of blockchains in the future. And uh, uh, we kind of set to design this protocol, which we called Pocket Network. Uh, uh, that is what I've been working on uh, since then. So uh, going on uh, almost five years at this point, working on this problem. I think we certainly agree with your thesis. I mean, that's why we started by building what we call the Coinos blockchain framework, which is a framework for building blockchains. So the idea is to make it 10 times easier for people to build new blockchains and uh, enable them to define whatever behaviors they want by simply writing and uploading smart contract written in the programming languages that they already know. That's basically the central premise behind the blockchain framework as opposed to the mainnet. And so agree with your thesis. I think it's interesting. So I think as far as more lay people um, go, the reason why you're service is so important is because I think ordinary people, they don't realize when they're using a blockchain, um, what they're really using is API calls. Um, they are connecting to that blockchain through pipes and in between them and that blockchain is an RPC node that is either owned by an organization or like controlled by, by an organization, but you guys are looking to offer a solution that is a decentralized solution to that problem. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, basically we have these Web3 protocols, right? Uh, uh, that are being serviced uh, via Web2 solutions. Um, and, and the best way that I could kind of give an example is, is actually Coinbase when, when they first started. Um, and, and the original idea of Coinbase uh, was actually having this Bitcoin wallet uh, connected to your Bitcoin full node. And uh, Brian Armstrong decided to say, hey, you know what? Running a Bitcoin full node is a bit of a pain. How about we do that for the users so that they don't actually have to do that? 
And that was actually the moment that Coinbase started to really grow. And then that's when people started asking, hey, can I buy Bitcoin? How do I get it? And that's kind of how they evolved into what they are today. And, and, and kind of the moral of that story is, is we kind of took this kind of, you know, you know sovereign first uh, uh, architecture and basically put the Web2 uh, uh, architecture that we live in today. And, um, you know, we've kind of taken the approach that let's bring this back to kind of that, um, uh, you know, famous kind of uh, meme or saying in, in, in Bitcoin, which is verify, don't trust. Uh, so we have this kind of um, a decentralized network where you have incredibly strong guarantees on the data that you're receiving that you're, you know, when I look at my balance on my MetaMask wallet, for example, uh, we trust that information because I trust the provider and Fira, whoever it might be, uh, that's giving me that information. But in a world where you have an actually decentralized network providing this information, uh, uh, we have to provide some stronger guarantees on the integrity of that data, uh, uh, which is kind of, uh, uh, has been a fun problem to solve, if you will. But you, you, you nailed it perfectly. One of the things that I uh, found interesting about your approach is that I'm familiar with some similar projects in the space, um, but my impression of them is that they are trying to offer more full stack solutions to the problem, whereas, which I think looks better from a marketing perspective, but is actually infinitely harder to implement. Whereas what I liked about what I saw about your project was that you seem to be very focused on a specific part of the stack, that being the RPC node. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, whether that's accurate, how intentional that decision was, and why that was the focus of your project. Yeah, um, you know, there's a couple things there. Uh, I, I think that is accurate. Um, you know, after you know a couple years of of thinking through the problem, you know, we kind of landed on um, the substrate of or the primitive of a full node. In the end, it doesn't matter what abstraction, layer two, bridge, uh, index, doesn't matter. Uh, in the end, uh, it, they need, you know, these things need data from full nodes. And the main way that they get that data is through this uh, RPC API. So, you know, ETH underscore uh, get balance, as an example, that'll give you your balance of ETH, right? That's a core function on the Ethereum RPC, right? Uh, 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 so, so yeah, we, 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 we landed on that and, and you're right that we're just really purely focused on this one problem. Uh, we solved it in a very generic way, um, uh, which allows for greater flexibility in the future as, as a platform and in a protocol. Uh, but really fundamentally we're, we're really focused on one thing and that's providing, um, uh, the most really by several magnitudes, cheapest infrastructure, uh, and the most reliable and redundant infrastructure in the world. And, and I, I'd venture to say that we're uh, quite literally both <laughs> when you compare us to our uh, centralized colleagues, if you will. To me, the problem that you're trying to solve sounds similar to, and you're more technical than me, you're uh, an engineer, I assume, um, but to my lay ears, this problem sounds very similar in nature to the kind of file coin problem, to the problem of you want to incentivize people in a decentralized manner who are doing something over there um, that's not on the blockchain. 
Um, and blockchains are a really good way of uh, incentivizing people in a decentralized manner, but they're also incredibly expensive and redundant, and they're generally not a good solution to a problem of if cheapness is an objective. Um, so is there like a core innovation at the heart of your stack or something that allows you to solve this problem? Is it a blockchain solution? How do you offer decentralization and low costs? Because if anybody's ever heard of, you know, the Trinity or the trilemma, right? Th these are two things that are um, believed to be almost incompatible. Yeah, so are, there are trade-offs. Um... Uh, to be clear, uh, I believe they'll be mitigated in the future, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, but uh, Pocket is its own blockchain. Um, we're built on the Tendermint uh, Cosmos SDK stack, uh, if you're familiar with that. And, and you mentioned uh, uh, how you guys are doing, uh, you know, allowing people to deploy their own blockchains. Uh, we were very bought into that vision, uh, that vision uh, when we um, first really came across Cosmos and, and, and you know, how they've launched and, and built what they've done. Um, but we are a very focused uh, middleware protocol. So, so we sit in between an application. If I'm an end user that's, you know, aping into loot or some DeFi, you know, or, or NFT or something like that, um, and the blockchain that that application is built on. So let's say Ethereum. We sit in between there. And what Pocket does, all it does is route, you know, the requests of, of, of that user um, to the full node. Uh, that's that's meant to do the work, uh, meaning, um, you know, showing my balance or sending a, a right transaction to claim, you know, some you know nth loot deliver uh, derivative as an example, right? Um, and you you mentioned Filecoin and these types of uh, we're we're in the same uh, uh, kind of sphere in the sense where, um, uh, but we're actually quite um, uh, complementary uh, kinds of projects actually. Interestingly enough. Um, so, so projects like Filecoin, uh, Arweave, Sia, StoreJ, uh, they incentivize storage, um, uh, which is great. Uh, uh, there's really a, a big problem with, with, with um, uh, uh, incentivizing people to store information, particularly blockchain information, because it's more ephemeral. Uh, if people stop running a blockchain, well, then, you know, no one has any data to, you know, there's no, there might not be anywhere to grab some data that existed, you know, you know two years ago or something like that. What we incentivize uh, is where they incentivize the, the storage. We incentivize the reading of that information. Uh, so it's actually very complimentary. And it's these are the kinds of projects that we're actually really excited to work with. In fact, we're launching our weave support um, in the next uh, uh, couple of weeks, which is uh, really exciting. Um, uh, 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 but, but yeah, that's kind of where we sit, right? And then there's kind of like another layer, uh, which is the indexing layer, which, which I won't get into, but we kind of have this um, stack of decentralized um, infrastructure that's that's kind of uh, forming across many different kinds of protocols, and um, you know, Pocket uh, uh, fundamentally it's it's a two-sided marketplace. Uh, you have uh, people running nodes, full nodes on the Pocket side. They have to buy and stake our native cryptocurrency, Pocket, to participate in the network and have the right to earn revenue. And on the, on the demand side of the network, you have applications that buy and stake Pocket to pay for the service. So instead of paying a monthly fee, like you would a traditional SaaS business, uh, you're actually, uh, and this is what's really uh, uh, just 
in my opinion, world-changing uh, is, is the art. developers actually turning their infrastructure into an asset for the first time. So they buy this cryptocurrency, um, it doesn't get burned, it doesn't get used as fees, uh, uh, but you are staking it to remove it out of circulation and pay for the service. Um, as a result, you have an asset that gives you a right to the, uh, to the infrastructure uh, and the throughput of the network, which is a very different model uh, than what people are used to. Uh, and is really what allows us to to say how much cheaper we are uh, uh, in this respect. Let's use our company, our our project as an example. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we're uh, going to launch our mainnet. We're going to have lots of people who want to run nodes. The nodes are going to be really accessible as far as hardware um, is concerned. Um, we're going to. I don't know if I said we're obviously going to run nodes ourselves. Um, would what would participating in Pocket look like? Are, are you saying that if we hold and stake that token, we won't need to pay transaction fees for um, the RPC calls that are are made? So not the transaction fees. We sit completely outside of your well, network. Right. No, but, but your tr transaction fees for your network. Yeah, so there are uh, we we transfer value through inflation. Um, we're not really a, a transactional cryptocurrency in that sense. There are transaction fees, but they are um, very minimal. Um, what they do help you with is instead of you know you as protocol builders having to run all these you know uh, 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 infrastructure nodes, uh, these full nodes to provide access to your users, um, you can offload that to a a, a service like Pocket, basically. Um, uh, and just completely removes the need for you to have to even worry about the infrastructure of your network uh, because you have a reliable and redundant um, uh, a set of people who already are running full nodes in Pocket today. So I'll give you an example. We, uh, we recently launched with um, uh, a protocol called Fuse. It's a small, small blockchain. Uh, they have a couple uh, applications that are, that are doing pretty well. Um, and uh, uh, they started driving about, I don't know, five to 10 million requests a day uh, through the network. And when they launched, uh, we had about uh, 100 to 200 people in our network running Fuse nodes, uh, 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 which, is, which is pretty interesting. Um, but once they started driving this traffic, it immediately ramped up to two, over 2,000 node runners running Fuse nodes because they are incentivized to do so. So you have this nice property where the more you use Pocket, the more redundant uh, and, and reliable it becomes because uh, uh, more people are incentivized to run more nodes to provide this service. Uh, but fundamentally, any applications that are built on Coinos, for example, um, would be able to use Pocket uh, 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 to build their applications, for example. That's very cool and interesting from our perspective and definitely seems like something that could provide a lot of value. I mean, my initial response is, well, we're going to need to run I, you know, we're going to need to run nodes ourselves anyway. Um, we can't simply trust a uh, pocket network, but even so more nodes is better. And um, that, that fuse example that you gave is pretty compelling to think that like, okay, so when we launch our mainnet, maybe we'll have a hundred nodes, but a thousand would be better. Two thousand would be better, and so using your service 
um, to bootstrap that number and then benefiting from the growth through our holding of the token itself, it seems like a very good use of blockchain and decentralized incentives. You said that the cost of transactions is basically obfuscated, is obscured in inflation, which is exactly how we're doing the fee-less. Um, that, that's, how, uh, that's how you have to implement fee-lessness on, on a decentralized network. Um, so we have our mechanism that we call the, the MANA system. Uh, it's based off of what we implemented on the Steam blockchain. I'm curious to hear more about how you regulate uh, the cost of, of transactions and, and the exact mechanism by which you obscure those fees in token inflation. Yeah, so, so instead of paying, so our fees are kind of uh, relatable to kind of SaaS infrastructure fees, right? So I pay $200 a month to get, I don't know, a million requests a day. So really the, the innovation that we've made is instead of paying, you know, 200 bucks a month, uh, why don't you pay um, $1,800 upfront uh, uh, with, with a cryptocurrency that you uh, can keep and stake and hold? Uh, uh, what we've done there is uh, uh, instead of having this sunk cost, you have this asset. Uh, and through that, uh, effectively what that means is the longer someone uses pocket, the closer their cost basis reaches zero. Uh, after a few months, they're already in the black. And uh, if they choose to stop using pocket, for example, they can go back and sell that um, asset that they had previously purchased, for example, meaning they got net free infrastructure, uh, which is a pretty powerful concept. Um, what we do on the reward side is instead of giving some static block reward, um, not associated with um, uh, uh, anything other than, you know, an arbitrary set of numbers um, uh, in pocket, uh, the rewards are directly based on the usage of the network. So as an example, uh, uh, if these are not real numbers, but if I'm a node and I did a million requests, well, then that gives me the right to mint a million pocket, uh, which is really interesting uh, because it's significantly more efficient uh, than kind of static block rewards and really allows the market of nodes to grow within the bounds of, of how much traffic we're actually doing at any given point in time. So for example, what that means is, you know, today we're doing 40 million requests. A couple of months ago, we were doing about 5 million. Um, uh, the nodes went down. Uh, the number of nodes in the network went down because there wasn't enough traffic to sustain uh, 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 kind of the revenue. So we kind of have this kind of self-regulating marketplace on the supply side that is, uh, uh, allows them to capture value through minting pocket instead of direct fees. As the holder of pocket, do I have to stake uh, those tokens in order to take advantage of those low cost or free transactions? Or do I just buy and I just hold the liquid tokens and now I can? Yeah, so you, you'll buy and stake it once you don't have to do, do any other fees on chain. Um, it, so so we, we have this concept of cost of coordination. So, so if I'm building a set of smart contracts on Ethereum, 
I'm subject to the fee market of Ethereum. I'm subject to all the miners that are uh, participating in Ethereum, and I'm subject to the cost of smart contracts uh, uh, for doing some of these transactions on Ethereum. Um, uh, and there's a lot of energy that gets uh, 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 expended. Uh, and I don't mean in the proof of work sense, I mean in the, in the uh, coordination sense, um, uh, especially for example, if I'm doing something like a state channel or, or just paying for an NFT, right? Every time you have thousands of people paying for NFTs, um, you know, that's a lot of cost of coordination that gets uh, uh, put in there. Whereas in Pocket, uh, if I just stake once, the network reaches consensus on that one stake uh, uh, and doesn't have to again, uh, unless I add to it or, or adjust something myself, um, I don't have to touch that again. And, and has in fact lowered that cost of coordination, which lowers the cost of um, the entire network as a whole. Uh, uh, so we've kind of said, hey, look, you'll pay for it by staking uh, kind of a higher amount than you would in advance, uh, uh, than you would like for a monthly fee. But in return, you have this asset, it doesn't get burned. Uh, and in fact, you know, as a result, you're able to, to actually save money uh, to, 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 to participate. Is the staking period fixed? And if so, how long is the staking period? So it's, uh, you can stake for as long as you want. Uh, we have an un unstaking period, um, uh, which is 21 days. So, so if I were um, to uh, stake and then unstake, it'll take 21 days for actually, uh, for me to be able to access uh, my, my liquid pocket. Got it, uh, makes, makes a lot of sense and uh, is very similar to how Steam used to do its, its fearlessness. Um, one of the, one of the things we're pioneering, one of the core innovations in Coinos is actually um, transferring uh, free transactional capacity to liquid token holders. Um, and it's more of like a dynamic staking model where uh, the staking is done dynamically based on the amount of resources that the network participant is consuming as they go. So you perform a transaction as a specific amount uh, or, or the right amount of your tokens are staked for the fixed period of time. But um, so definitely a, love the approach, believe in the, in the feeless uh, approach to decentralized networks. I think the, the last question I wanna ask you, um, we, we've already covered so much great stuff. I, um, it, I, I'm very curious to hear um, your feelings about having built on Cosmos. I think Cosmos was not a project that I was super familiar with. Um, been in the space a long time, saw it, you know, would repeatedly, repeatedly see it. Um, as we've been building out Coinos, I've actually gotten more impressed uh, by the foresight of, of Cosmos, by uh, the work that they've done, by the work that they're still doing, like uh, their inner blockchain communication protocol. Um, so it, it's definitely an interesting thing. I think they were uh, ahead of their time in a lot of ways. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that protocol, how you like being on that protocol now, and whether you, uh, it, you know, do you envision staying with Cosmos or, or not? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, we, uh, 
what's really interesting about Cosmos is that you don't necessarily have to be a Tendermint chain to plug into their ecosystem, right? So, so we picked Cosmos because they were by far the most battle-hardened and tested uh, kind of sovereign chain uh, uh, that we felt comfortable forking uh, effectively. Um, so we forked we 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 you know using using Tendermint, um, you know, and kind of built our own pocket application on top of Tendermint. Um, you know, it's really served its its purpose uh, uh, to kind of get us in 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 with a very you know with 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 a functional and 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 very well uh, uh, used network at this point. That said, it definitely has its um, downsides uh, because Pocket is a very specific kind of a of a solution, and and even uh, something with Tendermint, uh, it's very generic. Uh, uh, and and frankly, we need to have something that really um, fits what Pocket is trying to do. So actually, what we're doing is, is we're you know we're actually building something called Pocket 1.0, um, uh, which is uh, something that we're building from the ground up, uh, uh, so that we can uh, uh, fix some of the issues that that Pocket has today, and and make it you know even better moving forward. But frankly, Tendermint uh, and Cosmos, you know, uh, in, in for either way, we will be able to, for example, integrate IBC um, as an example, right? Uh, and and generally, um, I. I I do believe in this vision of, of kind of having many, many chains um, that are interconnected uh, with various, uh, you know, let's say strength, right? And and the way that these things interact, you know, in the future is really, you know, it's it's who knows. And, and that's kind of really the exciting thing. It's almost, you know, I referenced this before, but it's almost like loot, but with blockchains, like, you know, you have kind of the substrate and it's just going in so many different directions and no one really knows where it's going to go yet. Uh, but but regardless, it's it's very, very exciting. And, and they, like you said, they were really, um, they had some serious vision with what they built. All right. It, it was great talking to you. I enjoyed the conversation. It was, it was fun.